has given you a wonderful personality, but it's been damaged by sin, stress, and pain. We all have unhealthy and unloving coping mechanisms built into our personality that we need to overcome. Let's talk about how Jesus wants to help you repair your personality and grow in God's grace. We'll draw on the ancient wisdom of the Enneagram, filtered by a biblical understanding. Welcome back to Soul Talks. We are continuing our conversation from last week with our daughter, Brianna Galtier. Brianna is an Enneagram 9, and she has become her own little expert on the Enneagram. And we have just had so much fun, Brianna, watching you grow in this and then offer this knowledge to other people in such a helpful and beautiful way. We think you are a great Enneagram coach. (laughs) And so we are just giddy to get to be sharing you with our Soul Shepherding community. Thanks for joining us again. And we just need to make sure that you feel included, the listeners that don't know the Enneagram. You don't have to know the Enneagram to benefit from this podcast. It's about personalities. You have a personality. We all do. And so do your friends and family and the people that you work with and go to church with. So in talking about the number nine, we're talking about the peacemakers, very relational types, uh, a very strong personality that's uh, inner-directed and, uh, well, actually relationally directed. And so if you are a a shepherding type, a uh, caring for others uh, in wanting to have harmony with them and be included and include, and you thrive on on, uh, partnering with people in situations, you're probably especially going to relate to Brianna. So Brianna, we asked you last week how the Enneagram has helped you grow personally and how it's helped you in your relationship with God. And we didn't get time to ask you, how has it helped you in your relationship with other people? Yeah. So um, Enneagram's made a big difference for me in relationships with other people uh, because it's helped me to see that not everybody has the same perspective that I have. Um, something that's unique about nines is we can pretty easily see the world from other people's perspective. Um, and it's important for me to know that other people can't as easily see my perspective. Um, and I'm not always as good at seeing my own perspective either. Um, and I'm definitely not as good about sharing my own perspective. So, um, that's been a a big thing that it's helped me with is just to recognize that specifically. Um, and just to know that, um, there's grace in that and um, that it helps me avoid disappointment and hurt and confusion from other people because I can give them some grace with that. Uh, it helps me to know what, what I can and can't expect from other types, helps me to know how I can love other people well and um, how I can give them feedback on how to love me better too. That's so good. One of the things you're saying that is that the Enneagram helps you to understand how other people see the world differently than you. Yeah. And helps you to feel okay about you having your own perspective mm-hmm. on the world that's different than other people, and that that's that's okay, even good. Yes, and yeah. it helps you. It sounds like not to judge them mm-hmm. or to judge yourself. And then you said it helps you to offer grace yeah. when people have different opinions, and that's really important. I think, especially for the nine or types like the nine that find conflict stressful and want to avoid yeah. conflict. So do you find that to be true, that conflict is stressful, and yet different personalities can cause conflict? 
Yes, definitely. Well, and nine, I mean, nines can sometimes perpetuate conflict because they're avoiding it. So yeah, it's not an irony. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. the problem. It's something I really don't like. <laughs> yeah, it takes uh, courage and sort of um, prodding yourself to follow Paul's advice in Ephesians, uh, speak the truth in love, yeah. De- deal with that issue. Don't let the sun go down on your anger, right? Because yeah. you maybe don't even realize that you're angry, but you're repressing it. Yeah. And so it's important to have those difficult conversations. Yeah. Well, and more important in that phrase that you mentioned um, from Paul, more than just speaking the truth and love, it, I, it's very easy for nines to speak love. We can effortlessly speak love in most cases, mm-hmm. but speaking truth is very difficult for nines in yeah. situations where truth is hard and it's not something that the other person is going to want to hear. So mm-hmm. um, specifically for us nines, speaking the truth in love is really important. Yeah, so I've seen with you, Brianna, how much it helps you to be drawn out. Yes. And so uh, that's something that fortunately mom and I have learned to do just because of our orientation as therapists and over the years as parents. But we, we've especially seen you flourish and how much you've needed that when we ask you questions, you know, how was your day? And, and then go deeper with that. Well, mm-hmm. how did that feel for you? What, that, what was that like for you? Or gee, you're, you, it seems like you're um, been a little tired or a little sluggish lately, or your seems your spirit's a little down. What, what, what's going on with you? And drawing you out, and you, back to our conversation last week about how much the Enneagram helped you in college, that was where I really saw that, and you, you experienced that. Mm-hmm. There were things that were stressing you, or conflicts, or responsibilities that were overwhelming you, is you talk them out, and yeah. it's like at first you didn't want to talk it out yeah. because it was stressful and conflictual, and it wasn't happy stuff. But you learned that as you did that and received empathy, it gave you energy. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I think I don't know if this is true for all nines, but it's definitely true for this nine for me. Um, I if I'm not talking about it, I'm probably not even feeling it. Mm. Um, I for me, I am a verbal processor, and I need the help of someone else to draw me out and actually help me understand and pay attention to and recognize what I am feeling and then to be able to feel it and then to have that kind of someone else join me in feeling that way so I'm not fully burdened by it um, and so that I can actually feel um, relief from it. That's great wording by, by talking out your experiences and your concerns and hearing yourself say things with someone who, who's listening attentively. Mm-hmm. They're, they're putting energy and care into you that helps you to feel your emotions. Yeah. And so then now getting in, in touch with those emotions, you now have options for how to get your needs met. Yeah. And that gives you energy. Yeah. There's been some times when you've actually given Dad and I the gift of doing that, you know, with you, where you have come to us and you have uh, let us know that, you know, you think you're probably having some emotions that you're not aware of or shut down. And you, you've invited us and led us to listen to you. And that's a gift you give us. That's a privilege you give us as well as yourself. And it's also really been helpful because as, as some of our listeners are parents of adult children, uh, we don't want to be too intrusive or controlling. Mm-hmm. You know, you're an adult, you're, you're independent. And so we don't want to presume that you would need us in a certain mm-hmm. way, those kind of things. So it's helpful when you're able to take some responsibility to say, yes, I'd like to receive this from yeah. you, or, you know, yes, I'd like to invite you to, to listen to me on this area of my life. Mm-hmm. And so that's yeah. been good. Well, it's, it's kind of interesting with nines because um, 
sometimes we need someone to initiate for us in those situations. But on the other side, we can also be really stubborn. And we, if we don't want to face something or deal with it, we're not yeah. going to. And yeah. so um, it's, it's kind of a, there's two sides to that. If on one side, I need people to come to me and say, hey, I think we need to talk about this. But then on the other side, if I don't want to talk about it, yeah. I'm not going to let us talk yeah. about it. So, <laughs> Yeah, you said to me last week in a situation where I said, you know, I, I had this vision for you and I wanted you to do this but I didn't want to be controlling about it. And you you responded to me and you said, well, what was helpful, mom, was that you asked me, you didn't tell me. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. said, if you told me to do it, I probably would have not wanted to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, usually people don't like to be told what to do. Yes. <laughs> we we yeah. like to be invited yeah. to have choice. That's very deep in the image of God in all of us. Yeah, so that's a great example, Brianna, and just to see your growth and how uh, initially, like all of us, not just Enneagram 9s, but whatever our personality type is, we all need, we need that experience that the prodigal son has when his father runs out to him and uh, says, hey, welcome home. I love you. I missed you. I've, I, I give you grace. I just want to be in relationship with you. Or the, uh, the good shepherd looks for the lost sheep. We, we all need someone that is looking to us with interest and with gladness to know us and taking that initiative. It's just very deep in how I think God has created us and how we've been damaged by the fall and by sin and being disconnected from God is that we, we need that, that reconciliation. We, we need a certain sense of being pursued. And so as you experienced being, being drawn out and putting words to what you were experiencing and feeling, with someone who's giving you empathy, you like develop an appetite for that and a, and a vision for that. And then you took initiative and responsibility to begin coming to us. You yeah. would realize, I need to process. And so you would talk to, to us, or you, and then you begin doing it with your friends. Mm -hmm. And then your friends began doing it with you yeah. because you became this increasingly bright light of warmth and empathy because you had experienced it as well as having some personality traits that took you towards others and listening anyway, but now having really experienced uh, compassion and tenderhearted listening, you saw the power of it and you had a, a, even a brighter, warmer sense of presence to listen to other people and care for them. And so you've become like this una, unofficial uh, counselor amongst all your friends. They, they come to you and talk to you to process with you because they know Brianna is going to listen and give me empathy and I'm going to feel understood and cared for and it's going to help me be connected to God and give me energy for my life. I guess you hear my side yeah. of the conversations <laughs> I have with my friends. Yeah. Yes, we do. <laughs> but it does seem, Brianna, like you are growing in believing and noticing that your presence does matter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful that you're growing in that. Because certainly it's obvious to Dad and I, your presence matters yeah. in this world. But I think that's a special lie that Satan comes after the nine with to yeah. make them think that their presence doesn't matter. Yeah, definitely. I agree. That's been um, a big thing. And, and as I've read about the Enneagram, a lot of times it talks about the childhood wound or, you know, just what you grew up believing um, as a kid, as you uh, related to the world around you and people around you and um Sadly, I can think of moments as a kid in relationships with other people where I felt like my presence here doesn't matter. Yeah. And so I, therefore, I don't need to show up. It would be easier if I just kind of 
disappeared in the background and let other people um, be kind of drawn into the spotlight and I can actually help them feel good about themselves and therefore that makes me feel like I'm important, but that's actually not highlighting my importance. Um, so that's something that's the Enneagram has really helped me with and really helped me understand um, that I do matter. And um, God has also kind of come with that to speak the truth into me as well, just that that I do matter. And the very fact that I'm here and alive and breathing means that he has purpose for me and that there are things on in this world that he wants me to partake in and um, offer to other people. That's so important because, you know, as your parents seeing your story and seeing the way that you, you know, you were our third child. We already had a boy and a girl, strong personalities in our <laughs> first and second child. And then you were so sick as a baby. You're a miracle. You were in Children's Hospital for a month when you were six weeks old, fighting for your life. And it is a miracle that you're alive. And it would be easy, any of those things for you to interpret as, well, my, my presence isn't really mattered or needed here. Mm-hmm. And Satan twists that and really yeah. stabs that dagger into your soul. It's very clear to dad and I, that's a lie. But we can, out of empathy, see how if we put ourselves in your position, how you would have felt that. And, you know, other thing, other dynamics in the family with the strong personalities of your older siblings and being the third. As a youngest child, I have some empathy. <laughs> I was the third also. Um, so I have some empathy there for you with that just from my own experience. But So what, what is it about the younger child, Christy? That, uh, we have some young, younger <laughs> This is an children. older child speaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm an old, oldest child. <laughs> so what is it uh, for the two of you as the youngest child in your family systems that you can feel uh, left out and like your presence doesn't matter? Well, I think it's easy to compare yourself with mm-hmm. your older siblings and compare their strengths with your weaknesses or areas where you just feel like, I can't compete with that. I can't enter in with that. I'm nothing like that. Or they're getting all this attention and affirmation o- around these things and there's no room for me. Like yeah. I, I just, I, it's very easy as a third child in my experience and I, and I observed it with you, Brianna, to feel like you're just, you're kind of lost. You're kind of a tag along. And sometimes things get chaotic in families, and sometimes you just feel like, I can't have any needs here because the family can't handle another need or another personality or another voice in this conversation that everybody's, you know, trying to get what they want. Or And the older siblings have, uh, they're, they're bigger than you, they have mental capacities that you don't have, they have abilities that you don't have, because when, when you're a kid, uh, two years, uh, certainly four years, five years older sibling, that's like, those are like huge differences and so you just you just feel like you don't measure up. Yeah, and it's very overwhelming sometimes. So you just want to hide, you want to escape, you want to shut down to it all. And so the point here is that uh, your whole personality now is forming, being being shaped and molded in this kind of a world. Yes, very early on. And yeah. and it's and as you were illustrating a minute ago, Brianna, it's it's forming of sort of defensive structure in the personality or a false self. So what you illustrated, Brianna, was you learned early on that a way to sort of overcome this feeling of being left out or I, I can't keep up is, well, I, I can affirm other people. I can listen to other people. I can join with them. I can help them feel good, which there's a lot of wonderful, uh, loving strengths in that. But then there's also uh, some hiding in that yeah. and some false self in that that gets reinforced. And then that becomes like your your personality, not totally in a positive way, but actually in a limiting way. Yeah. Well, I mean, an example of that for as a kid was 
I wanted to relate to and participate with my older siblings. And being the youngest, it's easy to feel like you're behind and um, like the things that you're interested in, they're not going to be interested in because those are childish and those are behind them. Like they've, they've moved past that. And so instead, I took an interest in what my siblings had interest in. And so I would join in activities with them so that I could participate with the big kids and have a relationship with them. Um, mm-hmm. But then that's trained me as an adult to be that way in other areas where maybe it's not, not very harmful for me to, as a four-year-old, want to play Legos with my eight-year-old brother. But maybe as an adult, it's more problematic for me to um, only be invested in kind of one-sided situations with other people and relationships and just partake in their interests rather than sharing an interest. Yes, it's, it's interesting what a huge difference our birth order can make in our spiritual formation and the development of our personality. Mm-hmm. Well, we just really respect you for being honest about that and being courageous to talk about that and, you know, giving us the opportunity to validate that, yeah, that, you know, we play, played a part in some of these dynamics that cause you pain and we're, we're sad about that, but we want to, we want to be a part of pre- repair and healing and redemption. And, and then you let us by your being honest and, and inviting us into the conversation. You know, another way I think that this happened in the family context um, that our listeners will probably relate to is, uh, so being the youngest, Brianna, you would see situations where your older brother or older sister were, there was some conflict, whether it was between them or mom or I were um, disciplining them over some issue or we're having a difficult conversation in especially being the nine peacemaker, you were very sensitive and tuned into what was going on. And you would observe some of those stressful, conflictual interactions. And you were having a lot of feelings about that and internalizing all that. And and so you just started wanting to avoid those things. Yes. Yeah. Well, because as a nine, which if anyone else out here is a nine, they can probably relate to this in situations where other people are having conflict is I could see every other person's perspective Uh and I could understand how each person felt. And so to me, the resolution doesn't seem that difficult because that Mm. I can understand, well, this is, this is the disagreement and this is how each other person feels about it. And why can't, why can't they see that? Mm -hmm. Um, And so that is exhausting (laughs) to carry all of that and to not be able to actually make a difference and, um, to see other people have their limitations and ability to see other people's perspective and give empathy with that and grace. And, and so instead, I just want to run away and hide and do my own thing in my own little world and not have mm-hmm. to participate and be drawn out and have to spend so much energy and emotion on something so difficult that I, it's not even directly about me. So why do I have to be a part of it is how I right. feel about it more often than not. Yeah, and on the positive side of that, I mean, there, there's, there's the, the peacemaker role. There, yeah. There's the, the mediator, the reconciler, and that you are really good at tuning into both sides of the conflict and to personalities that, that are different or untraditional or some people might judge them as being wrong or something. You, you can champion that underdog and, and see that, that outsider, their perspective and their feelings and, and, and care for them, which is why... The peacemaker types so often become spiritual directors and counselors because you're just really good at uh, joining with people and seeing the good in them and caring for them. And so that's that's a strength in the personality, but then potentially the downside is, is, is if you're not caring for yourself yeah. in that process, then it, it becomes really stressful and overwhelming. Yeah. 
And if I'm trying to carry the burden solely on my shoulders, that becomes really problematic and really exhausting rather than understanding that really God's the ultimate peacemaker Mm -hmm. and he's the one who carries the burden and he's the one that can offer the reconciliation and it can't be done only in my strength. Yeah, and so this is where Jesus comes in and says, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called sons and daughters of God. And unfortunately, I think we hear that and we tend to think, oh, Jesus is saying, be a peacemaker. Well, we do need peacemakers. It is a good thing to bring peace, but I don't think that's what Jesus is saying there. I think what he's saying is that when you are a peacemaker, when you're mediating in a conflict, uh, and that's stressful, that, yeah. that's not a naturally blessed position to be, uh, remember that there is a source of power and strength and love beyond you in the kingdom of God where you are a daughter of the Lord, you are a, a, a son of your Father in heaven. And so taking security and comfort and strength from the Lord's presence with you, that's what helps you face those conflicts and difficult situations. So before we close, we, let's talk a, um, a bit about the stress line for the, the peacemaker, the Enneagram 9, and how when, when there is these situations of discomfort or uh, any kind of stress or pain, the tendency is to uh, fall into an unhealthy six, which is the loyalist and struggles with fear and anxiety. And so that's a big part of the power of the Enneagram is these dynamics. The the Enneagram is a very non-boxy theory of personality. You've got, first of all, you've got nine different types. You've got three subtypes within each of those nine types, and then you've got all these lines where you, as we've illustrated with Brianna as a peacemaker, nine, she in growth moves to the three. We talked about that last time. But in stress, you'll tend to take on some of the characteristics of an unhealthy six. So what's that like for you? Um, there's several things that, that that means for me. I mean, a big one is then just living and dwelling in fear and kind of being crippled by that. Um, and being ineffective because of it. Um, But another one is um, being loyal to a fault, like overly loyal in situations where I probably shouldn't be, where it's not to my own health or to my own benefit. And then um, out of that, not being able to advocate for myself in situations when I need to. Um, So it can kind of translate into a a more problematic people-pleasing to where I feel enslaved to that out of this perpetuated fear and anxiety and just kind of feeling stuck in that. Um, it's also can sometimes in problematic ways, um, kind of pull out a need for security, um, and feeling like, um, sticking in, um, places of comfort rather than pushing myself and courage out of my comfort zone and moving into areas that are difficult, but growing. Um, I tend to resist that more because I, I crave and feel like I need this security when I'm in a stressful situation. Um, so those are probably some of the main ones. You might be able to speak more to some of that. I might be a little bit blind to it, but. <laughs> well, I, you've got a lot of self-insight there that you just uh, demonstrated. And so I think that's really the, the key point for all of us is to realize that in our personality, we've got these uh, potential ruts yeah. that where we've got this uh, downward slide that we will fall into without realizing it. And the Enneagram predicts what that is for each type. And for you, it predicts it as a peacemaker. You slide into the rut of being overly loyal and anxious and fearful, and you don't even realize you're doing it. Mm -hmm. The Enneagram helps you to see that 
And then you, now you can make choices to, to go a different direction. And so then that's for you where you've learned to really incorporate some of the aspects of the healthy three and how you relate with people and how you uh, bring yourself and your inner experiences and feelings into relationships and seek empathy and seek to uh, partner with people to get work done. And these kinds of things help you to, to take courage mm -hmm. and not just fall back into an anxious, fearful, insecure, uh, unhealthfully loyal pattern. Yeah. Well, we really are grateful that you have joined us in this conversation, and I want to pray for you as we close out this episode. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are inviting us each to take courage to let you open our eyes to the truth about ourselves, to let you, Holy Spirit, the wonderful counselor, show us ways where we are stuck in ruts, uh, where we're trying to secure ourselves, where we're not offering the fullness of the gifts and talents you've given us in love for our neighbor. We thank you for this tool, and we ask, Lord, that you would continue to guide us in your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Check out our Soul Shepherding blog for our free Enneagram coaching tool. We have a number of free Enneagram videos on Soul Shepherding's YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. To see these and other videos, just subscribe and follow us. We'd love for you to make comments and share these posts with your friends to help us grow the Soul Shepherding online community.